This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the MAPS Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back three. Oh, yeah! Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fit a gap on your team head. Ain't talking heads, dang, go relax, still at a champ. Defense still coming with the Gallimus flow. The man's the best on the flow. I'm wild, but yeah. I'm How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Galatson. We have a very special episode for you guys. It's the day of the playoffs. The Mavs, they're back in it. First time in four long years. And we've got the owner of the Mavs, return guest, Mark Cuban. Mark, how you doing, man? What's up, guys? I'm doing great. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Can't wait. <laughs> we feel the same way. Like I said, it has been a long time, but the drought's finally over. And, I mean, it's going to be great. I mean, the Mavs, they've got their work definitely cut out for them against the Los Angeles Clippers. But, yeah. you know, I, they're definitely capable – and uh, I don't know, you know, it's the first time playoff experience for Luca and KP and really a lot of the guys on the team. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, how they do against the Clippers. But before we get into an actual playoff preview, I just wanted to do a quick uh, season recap. You know, how, how did the Mavs live up to your personal preseason expectations this year? You know, 2020 was just a mess across the board. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I've forgotten all, you know, 2019 when we started, it seems like eons ago, you know. <laughs> and, and so it, it, it's really hard to, to just judge the Mavs and, and just the NBA in general. You know, we were, we were cruising along until March 11th, you know. And, and now, you know, the restart, I guess, really, I look at the restart as our season more than anything else. And we showed some really good things. We made some, you know, young team mistakes that hurt us. Um, and, and, you know, but we showed when we beat the Bucks, and we, we've showed we can beat anybody, right? We showed we can be good. Um, we, we just have to, you know, get our guys making shots and, you know, play a little better defense and anything is possible. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, the, the, the youth mistakes, they were definitely there. The Mavs, they played, I believe it was 41 clutch games this year, which is insane. You know, yeah, and then, you know, we played three overtime games, and, you know, that last Portland game should have gone a different way. You know, one bad call changes the game or two bad calls, and um, it's just, you know, just the way it is. But you learn from those things, and that's just part of the process. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I've, I've had – I've talked with a lot of people about this, too. It's kind of – you know, the, the OKC team that the Mavs went up against in the 
2011 playoffs, they went through those same struggles. Well, exactly. Exactly. Before breaking through and getting to the finals because they were so young. And, yep. Uh, you know, and they, the year they got to the finals was the lockout year, right? You know, right. when, you know, we, we knew we had an older team and older bones don't react as well to younger bodies, you know, and, and so, and, and they had so much talent. It, it's still crazy they broke up that team. But, um, you know, I think we're, we're ready to surprise some people. Everybody's confident. Nobody, you know, doesn't believe that they can crush anybody. And so we'll just have to play the game and see what happens. Oh, yeah. Hey, a couple of bounces here and there, you never know what can happen. Absolutely. But overall, you know, we, we talked about the Mavs a little bit, but specifically Luca, you know, he, he already had a fantastic rookie season, and then we expected him to make a jump. You know, a lot of us did, but were you expecting this, this season? Were you expecting him to yes. go to an MVP level? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, every year for um, our guys, I always, I always text them and say or call them and say, what are you going to add to your game? And if you remember Luca's rookie year, he, you know, he'd get out out front and he wasn't used to the speed of the NBA and he'd go in for a layup. And like anybody who's ever played basketball, if you're going as fast as you can for a layup and then you put the ball off, off the backboard and he goes flying back 20 feet, right? You thought you laid up and Luca, you know, Luca was the king of those things. And, and he usually went up with his right hand and I asked him, I said, Luca, what are you going to add to your game? And he said, I'm going to improve my left, finishing with my left. And so he went from being a below average finisher around the basket to being a top three finisher in the NBA. And so once I saw that, when he came back, and I mean, I knew. And if Luca keeps that path going, man, and keeps on adding every summer, it, he's going to be crazy good. Crazy yeah, was, good. It was one of the last games. I don't think it was the Portland game. I think it was, uh, I think it was the Milwaukee game. But they were talking about, how if he if he just gets his three point percentage up near league yeah. average around thirty five percent, it's just it's, it's over. unreal what it can do to his numbers. So yeah, because like even James Harden doesn't shoot a high percentage, but he shoots so much volume and he opens up the court for everybody, and that's where Luca will be. And Luca's actually a good three point shooter when his feet are set. It's just yes. tougher for him. And if you'll notice, we kind of we changed um, coach changed um, his playing patterns right, where he would play, you know, early on in the regular, regular season, um, he would play, you know, 10 minutes stints first quarter and then sit to like six minutes to go in the third, in the second quarter and same in the second half. And we changed it so we got more rest. And it also gave KP more time to shine as well by giving KP time on the court where he was the focal point of the offense, um, particularly against second unit guys. And so that change gave Luca some more energy at the end of the game. And I think you put all those things together and we really got to see the best of Luca and KP. And I think that that's yeah, I mean, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, speaking of KP, uh, he kind of blew up in the bubble yeah. and uh, he had a phenomenal, phenomenal restart schedule. He had really started to catch on there towards the end of the regular season, before, you know, before everything got, uh, got stuck because of, you know, what's going on. And uh, you guys had, taking kind of a risk given his injury history, signing that big long deal before he even, you know, really had a chance to prove that he could stay healthy, but he's proved that you guys have done a great job. And I just wanted to get your take on, you know, how you think he's lived up to that contract already in this show. Well, obviously he's exceeded the contract already. We're, we're doing really, he's doing really well. And we're really proud of how hard he's worked mm -hmm. and staff has worked with them. Um, 
people just don't realize, you know, KP is a gamer. He, you know, he doesn't show a lot of emotion and, you know, he doesn't, um, you know, he, he does, he's not the flex type, you know, when he does something well on the court, but he's intense and he really lays it out there and he works hard. You know, the, the bigger the guns, you know, what he will flex on, like if he's working out and, and, he's, and he's jacked, you know, he's going to show you. He takes pride in his body like that. But, um, you know, he's just, he's just a hard, intense worker, and, and it shows. You know, I mean, where were we at? I forget exactly where um, we were, but we were traveling, and we were on a road trip for a while. And I'd go work out, and I was trying to get some two-a-days in, right? And I'd go work out in the morning prior to practice, and I'd see KP um, with one of our guys working out. Then they'd go practice, I'd go work, do whatever. Then I'd come at night to finish out my work, and there's KP, stretching and lifting and doing whatever. People don't realize how hard he works. He, he is just such a worker, and, and it's paid off for him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, look, he, he, he got kind of off to a rocky start, in my opinion. He had a couple of good games, and he'd have a couple of bad games up and down, but then Man, whatever happened in February, he just. Well, yeah, I mean, off. he hadn't played. He hadn't played in almost two years, right? And so it's hard. Just you don't just walk on an NBA court and all of a sudden you're back to full speed. You know, it's just right. It may seem like that. You know, oh, I'm gonna go play pickup at the gym or at the church, right? And hey, it's just like the good old days, but not quite the same. And, you know, playing in an NBA game, it, the speed you just can't, and and the conditioning that's required and the physicality you can't replicate that in practice or anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, he he took it all. Like I said, somewhere there around end of February, around the All Star break afterwards, he he took it up to like an All NBA another, type level. Another level. Yeah. And plus, and, remember, you know, we had to figure out too the best way to use them. You know, we didn't really have them before, and you know, you can plan all you want, and but as guys get used to each other and develop chemistry, you know, Luca and KP, because Luca was the man, and then here comes KP. And they had to kind of balance things out. And now they've got a great chemistry working together. They know where, you know, KP likes that trail three. And, you know, um, so everybody started, it took time for people to learn what they liked in terms of, you know, the best place to get to get them the ball. Yeah. And you can definitely tell the the chemistry between Luca and KP has, has increased over the season. Oh, yeah. and, I mean, as far as year one goes with, with two guys playing with each other and everything that KP's had to overcome, I think it's gone about as well as you could ask for a first year. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, look, it's like when I first bought the Mavs in the early days of Nash and Finn and Dirk, where we went from being awful to just getting them some confidence in their game and watching them work and blossom. You know, um, there are a lot of people who thought Dirk was a bust, you know, that 98 lockout season and, and Nash was a bust and Finn was our star and, you know, but all those guys worked so hard and pushed each other, and that's what's happening this team as well. Guys, excuse me, work hard and pushed each other, and that's how you get results. Yeah, and like I said, they're both – a lot of the guys on this Mavs roster are making their playoff debut tonight against the Clippers. It's game one. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit different from how the playoffs have been in the past. There's no home court advantage. I mean, they do have the virtual fans, but it's, <laughs> it's not the same as what, what they're used to playing the, playing with so I'm, I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on what what exactly are you expecting from this game one and then you know just the series overall against the Clippers I mean I, I really don't make predictions I just want our, us to play well and see what happens 
You know, I know when, you know, if you've got Seth, KP, Luca, um, Timmy Hardaway, Maxi making shots, Dodo, you know, if we have, if we go five, six, seven deep and guys making shots, we're impossible to beat, you know, because we have so much more shooting depth than, than anybody else does. Um, but on the other hand, the Clippers are a much more physical team than we are. You know, they're just bigger physically, and that creates a, its set of challenges. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see which comes on top. If, if we can keep them from hitting twos and, you know, and we make threes, then we can win. And, and if we're not making our shots, it's going to be more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, you want to uh... – you want to talk about what we <laughs> – the last episode, we kind of did our own little Mavs-Clippers preview, and we were just talking about, you know, the main the main area for us would be the Mavs have to hit their open shot. You know, if you get an open three, yeah. you got to hit it because in this series, as good as the Clippers are defensively, it, it kind of feels like a, a missed open three is almost like a turnover. So Yeah, it really does. And, you know, you can bet that the, the Clippers are going to change up their, their coverages of Luka. You know, and so, you know, we played them in the bubble. They, they tried to take the ball away when the game was closed. They, they double teamed and, and, you know, trapped Luca to get the ball out of his hands. And if we can make quick plays and hit our shots there, then it's good, that'll change the game. You know, um, so, yeah, like you said, in, in any close playoff game, a missed open three is a, is a turnover for both teams, you know, because, you know, that ball goes to somebody open. And the, the fans <laughs> of the other team, the other team, their heart sinks and you're thinking, oh, no, you know. And, yeah. and it, it, it's just that's that's the playoffs. That's what makes them so fun. Matt. Yeah, no, I just uh, it's 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 an interesting matchup because, uh, you know, it, the Clippers. I, this is what I was telling Dalton in the last podcast. It's they basically just put a bunch of bulldogs around a couple of Terminators on defense. <laughs> and it's it's just going to be such a tough matchup. But, you know, Luca has played so well this year against the Clippers and, you know, all the games have been uh, have been you know back and forth, up and down, and and they're obviously one of the top two contenders in the NBA with you know with everything they've got, and it's just going to be really fun to see how Luca and KP you know deal with that kind of different uh, in-game intensity. And I wanted to get your thoughts on like you know people say Luca hasn't been in the playoffs, but he has some playoff experience. Right from Europe, I just yeah. To get Europe. Your, yeah. I just want to get your thoughts on his, you know, how that could probably Every help him player here. in the NBA goes through their pl- first playoffs at some point, right? I mean, it's just something that's just, you know, part of growing up in the NBA. And, you know, the best players have all already played for something big. You know, Justin Jackson was on an NCAA championship team. You know, they, they've all played in big games in their careers where you get nervous, you get excited, and you play as hard as you can. And, you know – you just trust you just trust yourself, and I think that's what we'll see starting tonight. And once they get that first one under their belt, then they'll know. And the cool thing about the playoffs, you know, every game it's its own, you know, is unique, right? There's really not a lot of carryover because you have time to make adjustments. Now, there's only one day in between games, but when you focus on one opponent the entire series, you know, this is where Rick has the chance to shine. This is where our guys, hopefully, you know, they'll build confidence as the the series goes on, and you know, hopefully, we we you know pull it out. Yeah, I was I was about to say after that, you know, Rick Carlisle, he's already a great coach. He's an amazing coach, but you know, this is where he really uh he really does shine. He, playoff yep. basketball is you know playing the same team in a seven game series and getting a chance to 
adjust every other game. I mean, this is where I'll never forget. You know, I'm on Twitter a good bit, and I see a lot of people that were really upset, you know, when it it was finalized that the Mavs were going to play the Clippers, and they're saying, oh, we're going to – they're going to get swept and everything. And I'm thinking – so many people said that in 2014. Yeah, remember that series? That was yeah. <laughs> you know, and we st- we should have won. It still breaks my heart we didn't beat them. And then the Spurs went on and just torched everybody. Yeah, everybody, and we had them beat. You know, um, I've I've always said that if if Juwan Blair hadn't been suspended, yes, for Game yes. Six, I don't I think it would have gone seven. And it's crazy how we always get guys suspended against San Antonio <laughs> when we played them in the playoffs. <laughs> Always. And still to this day, my probably my favorite Mavericks playoff series that they didn't win. Yeah. Just, that, with that shot by Vince, I mean. Oh, man. man that was, yeah. I've never <laughs> had my heart pounding in a playoff series so much. And, it was, and the Spurs are easily, easily my most hated team in the NBA since I can remember. That was the why not us. And, That's uh, what Vince, we got on the plane, and Vince was like, why not us? Why not now? And yeah. damn. You know? Look, I, I know uh, – I'm, everybody's hoping for the best in this playoff series, but regardless of how it turns out, what do you see for this team going forward into, you know, into the draft and then eventually into the off, you know, the, the free agency part of the off season going it's, forward, it's, what's next for this team? It's going to be wide open, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen with the cap. We don't know what's going to happen, you know, how things will play out next season um, with fans, not with fans. When does, when will the season start? So, you know, we're going to just have to see how things play out. Um, the, just the financial implications of everything are going to have an impact. Excuse me, the cap, will they smooth the cap? Because it obviously will be down because, we, you know, um, we just don't know. And, yeah. and so once we, once we see all the rules of the game, then we're going to do, you know, what, what we always do, and, and that's try to improve our team as much as possible. Now, specifically with the offseason, just talking about the draft itself, you know, there's depending on, like you said, depending on what happens with the salary cap and everything, there's a lot. I've, I've read a couple of things saying that you might see more picks get sold uh, now than you had in the past. And I'm wondering. You know me, if whenever, whenever, if it comes down to money, I'm a buyer. I'm <laughs> always a buyer. Always. Always. Teams want to get off a salary. If it puts us over the top, yes. You know, people forget, you know, now a $100 million salary isn't as big a deal as it used to be, but I had $100 million plus salaries and luxury taxes out the wazoo back in the early 2000s, right? And people all thought I was crazy, but I just want to win, you know? And so I'm willing to do the same thing again. Well, that's good to hear. And look, we're going to, this is our last topic here and we'll, we'll let you get out of here and we appreciate you spending some time with us as always. But uh, as far as COVID goes and like how it's changed basically the way everybody lives now uh it, it, like you said 2020 it, it's not your normal year it feels like five years packed in one almost but just overall how do you see this lingering and affecting the nba going forward like like we talked about it, it it'll affect the draft probably if it affects the salary cap which could affect free agency but you know, how could it affect how people go to games and everything, too? Because uh, it's going to depend know. on a vaccine, Dalton. It'll depend 100%. And, I, and, you know, I'm a health tech geek type guy, right? I geek out on all this stuff. And I'm really confident that we'll get a good vaccine that'll really work. Now, it might take some time for everybody to want to take it and trust it. Um, but I'm really confident that, you know, before the end of the year, that we'll see a vaccine 
and it'll start to be distributed and that'll start building confidence and that'll help us get us past this. And hopefully we'll be smart enough to anticipate that this can happen again and be ready for it if when it does. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident. I don't think we're gonna be stuck in this COVID, you know, stuck in our houses and, and freaking out and having to wear masks forever. Well, look, it, even if fans aren't able to go to games next season, like say the bubble goes for another year, uh, you know, the cat's kind of out of the bag that the, the Mavs are bringing back the green, the green uniforms and green apparel next year. And I see you've got it on your, your shirt now, but is that going to be a main, is that going to be a mainstay going past next season? I don't even know. Honestly, I don't, you know, they show it to me. Like my kids laugh at me. Like I, I'm so bad with colors and color combinations. That's why I wear the same jeans and T-shirt every single day, right? Just giving me a Mavs shirt, Mavs T-shirt and a pair of jeans or now sweats or, or shorts, right? And I'm good to go. I don't even – I'm the wrong person to ask on that stuff. I, personally, I'm a huge fan of the green. I always have been. Uh, I've always wanted to see it come back, so I'm really excited about Anything it. that has the Mavs logo on it, I'm a huge fan of. That's all <laughs> I care about. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll let the creative people – because. Every, the one thing everybody knows at the Mavs office, like, you know, I'm not, you know, I have no sense of, I mean, look, I'm, I'm stylish and anything I wear, I make look good. But in terms of determining uniforms and stuff like that, that's not my thing. Well, Mark, like I said, we, we really appreciate you coming on here and spending some time with us. And we wish you and the Mavs nothing but the best going into this playoff series with the Clippers. We appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Let's go Mavs, baby. Here we go. Playoffs again. I'm ready. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, guys. We appreciate Thanks, it. Have Mark. a good one. Have me on. Take care. Is it? All right, guys. That does it for another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Hope you really enjoyed our visit with Mark Cuban there. Great guy. He is definitely jacked up for this playoff series, Matt. You can't tell. Else? Huh? You can't tell? Yeah. <laughs> he is ready to go. That that gets me fired up, man. I'm I'm ready too. Yeah, I mean it's been a long wait. And um I mean we had talked about it last week too. It's you know, since I've really started covering the team, this is the first time they've been in the playoffs. Now, do I wish that I was sitting in a press box or in the press uh you know, the press area for the game? <laughs> Absolutely. Um but am I also happy that I can sit back at my house and have a bourbon and watch the game and kind of be away from people? Yeah. So it, it's, it's just exciting to be there. You know what I mean? Well, and, and look, uh, it, everybody knows, everybody knows that the Mavs have, you know, the odds stacked against them. I think I saw, I think it was CBS sports that put out a graphic the other day. They did like 10,000 simulations or something. And it had the Clippers winning 97% of the time. <laughs> That's what I like to hear, man. But, I mean, I, I really think that this team likes having the underdog label right now. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I've heard of I've so heard there's, of there's one thing that I've been saying all season. Sorry to cut you off, but there's one thing that I've been saying all season, and it's the Mavericks play to their competition. So, if they're playing somebody really good, like the Lakers, Clippers, whatever, they always play up to those games. They might not always win but they play up to those teams. Whereas uh, when they play Phoenix or Memphis or whatever, they, they still kind of play. So it, it depends on their competition. I think that's what drives them a lot. Um, 
So it's going to be a fun series. I don't think they're – I was on record last week. I don't think they're going to win the series. But it's, it's going to be – all the games are going to be pretty competitive. Well, game, and, um, game one tonight – I mean, all the games are important. But game one tonight is super important because, you know, you, you win that first one and the confidence level across the board, the entire roster skyrockets. Like, okay all right, we can beat these guys. And then, you know, you can make a competitive series out of it. But, you know, if they come out tonight and get blown out, maybe we're uh, – <laughs> maybe it's a different story. So, we'll, we'll just hope for the best. Well, you know, it, it could affect their confidence, but or they could just be like, you know what, that was just a bad game, throw it in the trash. If they win tonight, it also affects the confidence of the Clippers. Yes. And they'll just be like, wait, who are these guys? Like <laughs> – so imagine just think about the West for a second. Imagine being the Clippers who even though they, you know, rested their main guys a lot throughout the regular season, they still got the second seed and then they had to play the best offense in NBA history as a seventh seed <laughs> in the first round. That's ridiculous. <laughs> imagine if imagine if the Mavericks were in the East. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I mean the Cowboys are in the NFC East. They have to go to freaking New York every year in Washington and Philadelphia, they should split that off. That's a whole nother podcast. But yeah, I mean, they'd be, it, it, this is, this is just, I'm excited. One thing, (laughs) one thing is for sure. They need to relish this underdog status that they have right now, because I have a feeling, you know, depending on what, what moves they do this summer and the continued development of Luca and KP and that chemistry. And they're going to get guys like uh, Jalen Brunson and Dwight Powell back next year. I, I don't think they're going to have that underdog label for too much longer because, you know, they were a game and a half away from being a top four team this year. And that was after going, let's see, out of 41 clutch games, they won 17. Yeah. So big issue. There. <laughs> uh, but, you know, <clears throat> that's why we were kind of talking about this with, with uh, Kirk Henderson in, a, in our, in our Twitter DMS. It's like, I kind of hope they don't do that well in this playoff series. <laughs> just, just for the simple fact it's like, if they come out and push it to like six or seven and all the games are really close and, uh, and all that expectations are just going to be, I mean, forget about if they win the series, but even if all the games are close, it's going to be like, okay, wow, this team's a contender next year. And it's just like, I don't want that on their shoulders just yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I want them to be a dark horse. Well, but, look, uh, if, if you're going to be one of the best teams, it comes with the territory. But they are still, you know, Luca and KP are still really young. It'll just be year two of them being together. So I definitely get, you know, I definitely get why you feel that way. Yeah. But – we're excited, guys. You know, tonight, Mavs Clippers game one. Luca and KP making their playoff debut against three-time champion Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and the rest of that daunting Clippers team. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We're hoping for the best. Maybe the Mavs will come out with a game one win and we can come back on here and give you a very happy reaction pod. But, Guys, we appreciate it. Again, hope you enjoyed our our sit-down with Mark Cuban. Great dude, best owner in the league. Always, you know, uh, very in touch with with his team and always wearing his team gear and not a suit and all that stuff. 
he, he's a great dude. I, I like having him on every now and then when we can get him. But, uh, guys, make sure to like, share, and subscribe on all your favorite uh, podcast platforms. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Uh, as we've mentioned before, uh, once we get to 1,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, we're going to give a lucky winner two tickets to a Mavs game of their choice once things actually get back to normal and fans can go to games. And we're about at 600 right now, so you still have a chance to get in on that. But we appreciate it, guys. Hope you all have a great rest of the week. Enjoy the playoffs. Y'all have a good one. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of chains These days I'm by my chips like a bag of lays I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame Do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot of Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar Excited at the idea of being a true baller Riding in the bins, a copper and pile. Feeling like I made it, now they trying to holler. This how we thinking life's supposed to be. Media keeping all my friends close to me. Feeding me all the lies and propaganda in my eyes. I've been here forever, they thinking that I just arrived. Now step back and go on more of a letter. I treat this rap game like it's target practice. And I ain't even got an aim in my seeing headshots just for saying my name. Now I'm 18, they say I'm acting different Labels call my phone, but I'm lacking interest Ain't talk to my friends in a while Ain't smile like this in a while I'm out Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's These days I'm by my chips like a bag of lays I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame Anything for a dollar, I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot Remember when we used to wish to be grown until we died out on our own for real. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. 
legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.